the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. 1 John 3 and 9. Let's go back. Still with me? Newer people, can you follow? Kind of, okay. Whoever has been born of God, watch this, does not sin. Then he explains it, for his seed remains in him. So he's saying if you can understand seeds, you can understand why you don't sin. Why? Because an apple seed can only beget an apple tree. A peach seed can only produce a peach what tree. And if you have a righteous seed on the inside of you, it can only produce righteous fruit. Do you understand? The challenge, though, is you're saying, well, I've sinned. What's the deal? Let's keep reading. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot. Is that emphatic or not? He cannot sin. Why? Because he has been born of God. What does that mean? Because if you're born of God, you have something of your father's nature in you. God does not sin. And if we are born of God... According to John, we not only will not, but Scripture says we cannot sin. Hmm. How is this possible? It's because the part of you that sins is not your spirit. Do you understand? The problem is with your soul. The problem is with your body. Ephesians 2 and 10. We'll pick it up and, and, and dig a little deeper in this in a moment. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Why? Because the seed of God is in us. You don't see cars coming out of an airplane factory. Likewise, sin will not come out of a reborn spirit. It's impossible. You just don't go to peach trees and pick apples. It just doesn't happen. He said, then why and how do I still sin? Well, Romans chapter 8 is about to explain this to us. Let's take a look. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. He was talking to saved people. He was talking to born again people. But what he was saying was your mindset matters more than you ever realized. 
Let's go to Romans 12 and 2. Let's, let's go up a little bit. Pay attention to this truth. The Holy Spirit says to us, do not be squeezed into the mold or conformed to this world, but be transformed how? Your spirit's already been renewed. When you were born again, it's a done deal. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, you were born again and your spirit was made perfect. But it's your soul that's in process. It's your soul that has to be renewed. It's your soul that has to be improved. It's your soul that has to learn and understand. It says, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Your spirit was changed. The question though, has your mind been renewed? And if it hasn't, watch this. Your behavior will be just like everybody else in the world. And that's what happens with many of us. We come to an altar, we give our life to Jesus, but then we stop learning and growing. We, we, don't, we don't learn anything about God. We, we learn to get our shout on. We, we might learn how to tithe. We might learn how to give. But that's the extent of it. But the Bible says that if we are renewed in our mind, we can prove, literally demonstrate, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What he's saying is in order for us to live spiritual lives, our minds have to get on board. Here's the deal. When I gave my life to Jesus, uh, you know, I, I had lived 20 years with my own mind. And when I went to that altar, my own mind was with me at that altar. And at that altar, I gave my heart to Jesus. He went on the inside and changed me. But the challenge was when I went back up from that altar, I still had that same mind. And my mind had not yet been renewed. I didn't know much about God. I didn't know much about his word. And, you know, I had something of, uh, if, I, if I really could describe it, and I'll put in polite terms, they call it a sexual addiction. But, you know, whether it, she was tall, whether she was short, whether she was skinny, whether she was fat, whether she was, it didn't matter. L- dark, light, I love women. <laughs> Wanted to touch them all. I'm just telling you the truth. And what you might have a struggle with, at least some of you, but most of y'all have proved this out in your own life. After I came to the altar, my soul was still doing what my soul does. It wasn't until months later. I didn't get teaching because I wasn't in that type of setting. But the Lord and his grace spoke to me. And, and, and I remember I was, I was in my bedroom and I wasn't alone. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you love that girl, you'll let her alone. See, in my soul and in my mind, I was like, we making love. We, we love each other, you know. It's love. But what's the difference between love and lust? Lust is unprincipled desire. Love is principled desire. If Jesus lusted after the world, he would have never died. It doesn't say God so lusted for the things of the world that he sent his only begotten son. But he looked at us in our mess and made a commitment to us in spite of us to love us, to stay with us. You hear what I'm saying? Lust is what's in it for me. Love, talk about, honey, if I'm going to touch you that way, I need to cover you. Darling, if I'm going to touch you that way, I need to be sure that I'm going to be there six months after this in case something pops up looking like me. You hear what I'm saying in this situation? 
Now, in my mind, I said to myself, I love that girl. I love some things she did. I didn't love that girl. If I loved the girl, I would have married her. I would have committed to her. I said, baby, there'll never be another day in your life without me. I wasn't ready to say that. It wasn't love. It was lust. So God spoke to me. Derek, if you love that girl, you won't be giving her no more memories she's going to have to forget because you ain't going to be around no more. If you love that girl, boy, you will let her alone. Yeah, I know I go in the middle. Eh? The point, though, of what I just said to you is I was born again. And you say, well, if you're born again, you won't do that. I pass. I know what y'all do. I know. Too late. Too late. My spirit was right. But here's the deal. Majority rules. I'm three parts. So if my soul and my body are in agreement, my spirit has to go for the ride. And for months, things weren't the same. Things weren't functioning the way they normally did. And I couldn't figure it out. Like, Jesus, you messed me up. I, I couldn't, I didn't understand. <laughs> but my spirit was saved and saved. This ain't who you are no anymore. And what God had to do is speak to my mind to get it to line up with my spirit. When my spirit and my soul got in agreement, I had to drag my body along. But please understand, my body didn't want to agree. At nights I go to sleep, going to grab that book, call up a name, and oh, it, it was stop. I had to love Jones, you know what I'm saying? It's in the Oh, Jesus. It was real. It was real to me. I sometimes break into a sweat, throw the book, walk to the other room. But I didn't get free till my mind light up with my spirit. So being born again is not enough without allowing God to renew your mind and your thinking. But please understand, don't mishear me. You know, I've been married for 21 years. I have not white-knuckled it through our marriage, talking about, oh, man, oh, did you? No. God, by his grace, has given me eyes for one woman. And if you knew me, that is a miracle. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. And some folks come to me and say, well, Bishop, you know, dealing with same-sex attraction and all the rest, and, and I, you know, and it's like, I know you, you won't understand. No, no, listen. I may not have the same-sex deal, but I do know the opposite-sex stuff, and, and that stuff can call you. And that stuff, man, that, if God can break me, he can break anybody in this room. Of what? You're dealing with. Romans 8, 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh, Christians, why are they living that way? Because they set their minds on the things of the flesh. I used this illustration before, but I was stuck in a plane, and I think I, I don't remember where I was coming from. I think the Middle East somewhere. And you get bored in the plane. You just start putting on movies. And I happened to put in Django. 
You know, it was a movie to see. But here's the deal. After I watched that movie, there were some words. I just wanted to, after a couple hours of listening to it, I just wanted to say it. And things I hadn't said for years, I'm catching myself. And why? Because my mind, see, I'm saved. Bishop of Grace Church, I'm saved. But my mind, see, I used to curse like a sailor. There was an art to it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It's just something powerful about it. I'm making you want to. I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm going to turn 50 soon. But even though, I'm, you know, my kids have never heard me say a foul word in their life. Even after all these years, when people start talking that way, every now and then I just start wanting to join in. I said, let me show you how to really say that one. So you got to sling it a little bit more. Take a better aim with that. But how does that happen? Because I'm listening to you and my mind is on that. And it starts taking me back because my mind remembers where I came from. You understand? My spirit's saved. But my mind, your mind is the challenge. He says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the what? Spirit. You see, our minds are what determines whether we cooperate with the new nature in us or not. So you may be saved, but in the same rut you've always been in because you ain't learned nothing. Because your mind hasn't been renewed. But the only way you can start agreeing with your spiritual nature in your soul is if you get informed. That's why Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. And when I read in this word, that, that I, I am uh, uh, full of joy, peace, and, and righteousness. When, when I look in this word, it said the fruit of the Spirit, again, is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, uh, 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 faithfulness, and against us there's no law. When, when I look at the word, and that says who I am, and instead of me saying, well, I am, you know, people say, well, I'm Irish, that's why I'm angry. Or, or you say, um, I'm from the, 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 the hood, and that's why I do hood things. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I'm coming up stuff, but you know what I'm saying. But... What people would always say to me, you don't know where I'm from. I'm like, well, you don't know where I'm from. You know, stop all that. But the point is, because, yeah, don't let the suit fool you. Please don't let the suit fool you. <laughs> Come on, help me finish. Help me finish. Now nah, I forgot my thought. Let's just keep moving on. I'm sure I'll pick it up. But scripture says this, for to be carnally, uh, spaghetti con carne, chili con carne. It means chili with meat, spaghetti with meat. The word carnal comes from the word carne, which means meat. And what he's saying is to be meat-minded, minded your head. So he's saying, though we are saved, we can still be meatheads. Important to understand, important to understand. Because you want to say that person's not saved because they're being a meathead. No, they are saved. The problem is where the focus is. Here's the thing. I love my wife, 21 years, great marriage, wonderful, perfect person. 
That sounded sarcastic, didn't I? I didn't mean it that way. But what I'm trying to say is if I sit there long enough thinking about something she did that made me unhappy, I'll go there. Tongue talking, Bible toting. But if I let my mind loop around, just loop and loop and loop, what she did, she didn't do, she didn't do, do, do. I asked her to do this, she didn't do that. It don't take but 10 minutes of that. It affects my mood. And by the way, if you're moody, do not blame your personality. It's your, your thought life. Every time I'm in a mood, if I would pull back and pay attention to what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about something I shouldn't be. Moodiness comes from the mind. He said, to be carnally minded is what? Death. So when we let ourselves operate as meatheads, it causes separation in our lives. We separate from those we love. Relationships are broken and separated. And just all types of things happen because even though we're saved, we got carnal stuff on our minds. But what we have to learn to do is get the truth of the spirit on our minds. And that's why I got to stay in the word. It's not because I'm trying to prove something. It's because I need to. Because my mind is, it it, it gravitates toward yuck just like your mind. So I got to get in the word. I got to listen to gospel songs. I need good preaching. I, I need godly people around me because my mind can go a place if I let it. Watch, watch the answer here. But to be spiritually minded, see, your spirituality is not determined just by what happens in your spirit. It's based on what you let go on in your mind daily. Here's the thing. I know thousands of born again people. I mean, when they die, they're going to heaven, but they're miserable. They're unhappy. They're frustrated. They're angry. Why? It has nothing to do with born again. It has to do with the mind. And if they will let the word of God begin to impact their thought life. Scripture says, think of things that are above, not beneath. Th- things that are seated at the right hand of the Father. We, we could go on and on. But the things we choose to think about, the things we choose to dwell on, are the things that will occupy us and we will lean in, the, in that direction. When you drive down a road, you start looking to the right, what happens? Your car starts going to the right. It just, it just, it's just that way. And in your mind, when you start thinking right, your mind goes there. Do you understand? So, so, so what we have to do is stay spiritually minded. Now, what you think when I say spiritually minded, I'm, I'm talking about being in church 24 hours. I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is I have a spirit on the inside. And, and to be spiritually minded is for me to no longer say I'm a sinner. No, no, no. I have been justified freely by grace. Matter of fact, let, let, let's do this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. And let me elaborate this. We, we, we'll have two verses. I'm out of time already. And then, then we're through. Second Corinthians 5.21. This is really, really important. Really, really important. If you hear me, it will change your life. It says, for he who made him knew no sin, for he made him who knew no sin to become or be sin, forgive me, for us. So what is it saying? It's saying Jesus' debt that he paid on Calvary was not his own. It was ours. So he, he went there for us. But why did he pay it? The next clause says why. This is really important. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? That we might become. To have a lion is very different than becoming a lion. Having a parakeet is different from becoming a parakeet. 
Having a cat is different than becoming a what? Cat. I was taught that God just gives me righteousness. Not what the Bible teaches, though that's accurate. According to Scripture, He died on the cross so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Meaning when we are born again, we are infused with God's righteousness. My very spirit becomes like God. My spirit becomes righteous. I become beautiful on the inside. So if I really believe that, even when I do something stupid, even when I do something dumb, I say there's still something beautiful on the inside of me. And and when you believe that you're beautiful on the inside and you start living out that nature, you, you will do beautiful things. As a man thinketh, so is he. If you think you're a sinner, you're going to keep on sinning. But if you believe what the Bible said, that there's something right on the inside of you, that you have become a new creature in Christ, that something of God's image and likeness is on the inside, instead of trying to live up to being a sinner, you start living up to being godly. Do you understand? A spiritual mind doesn't just talk about what you see and feel and touch and taste. That's carnality. But a spiritual mind operates based on what it believes. We walk and live by faith. It takes faith, especially when we mess up and we live with ourselves from day to day, to say we're righteous in the midst of some of the foul things that go through our minds. But that's what faith is for, for us to believe what God has done in our spirit. And it's amazing as, as I realize what God has done in my spirit over time, it's impacted my soul. And now, I, 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 when I thought I was a sinner, I kept sinning. But when I started embracing the fact that I have become righteous at my core, it's funny how I don't sin as much as I used to. Now, every now and then, I get tangled up and tied up like everybody else in this room. But the point is, a spiritual mind has its mindset on spiritual things. And the spiritual part of me is righteous, holy, beloved, chosen. You hear what I'm saying? It's all those things set apart, made anew. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and think you're ugly, that's a demonic carnal thought. You need to say, you know what? I am wonderfully and marvelously made. The righteousness of God lives on the inside of me. I am beautiful. Takes faith. But that's what you got to do. And you got to do that with your kids. Nurture the spirit in them instead of the foolishness you see on the outside of them at times. Do you understand? Galatians 6 and 15, and we're going to have to wrap up here. This is the final verse for all five weeks. Paul says this by the Holy Spirit. He says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, neither Jew nor Gentile, black, white, you know, Pacific, Asian, Islander, or or Mexican, whatever, Puerto Rican, whatever it is. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. And what he was saying was that our outward religiosity never really gets us far with God. And we talked about that last week. He says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but what does is a new what? Creation. See, what matters is what's new on the inside. You may come to church week after week, but if you're not changed, it's not profited you anything. What matters to God is a new creation. 
that we are born from above, that we are born of the Spirit, that the old man has passed away and all things have become new. What God wants and what Jesus died for is not just to forgive us of our sins so we could keep sinning. He died to forgive us of our sins, yes, but to put a new nature in us and and to help us live out that nature in our lives. He said, for in Christ Jesus, you know, circumcision, no answer. With church on Sunday, water baptized, whether it's sprinkled or whether you're dung, it avails nothing. Only thing that matters is what? A new creation. You know, sometimes God does not change the situation in your life because he's ultimately trying to change your heart. Our heart, our spirit, our, you know, the heart is really the spirit and the mind combined. And it's hard to pull them apart. And that's, we talked about that. Only the word of God could separate the two. But what God wanted to do was change our hearts. And today my hope is that the mystery behind the change that we need to make in our lives, I pray that it's removed. As you begin to fill yourself up with the right information, as you begin to understand that God didn't make you that broke way you are, that, that God didn't create you that way, that, that God did not put a sin factory in it. He, matter of fact, he took the sin factory out and put a righteousness factory at the core of your being. The only reason you're living the way you're living, whether it's depression, whether it's condemnation, whether it's anger, and wrath, it's, it's because of what's happening between these ears. It's because of what's happening in our souls. But God has taken the first step. He's absolutely changed our spirit. You come here today trying to take the next step. Lord, help me change my mind. And as the spirit and the soul get in agreement, your body will only follow. But give it time and be patient with yourselves. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at GraceChurchVATV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.